This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. I think I said that backwards to what I usually say. I think I usually say, no? What do I usually say? Do you know? No, I'm not sure if you say Irioki first. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. First. I honestly don't know. I just totally like had a brain fart. But anyway, okay, so this is Irioki and I'm Marnie Vinge or however I usually do that. And um, I'm here tonight with my mom, who is Larissa Vinge, who's been gracious enough to uh, fill in for a guest that couldn't make it tonight. So we're going to be talking about Christmas monsters. Ooh. <laughs> yes, and we both really like Christmas, so um, this will this will be fun. But to get us started, um, I wanted to make Mom take a quiz that has to do with one of these Christmas monsters, and the quiz is: Will Krampus drag you to hell this Christmas? Good grief! <laughs> a little extreme, right? <laughs> it's a little aggressive. Many times I've been afraid of something like that. Being <laughs> <laughs> drugged to hell, yeah. Um, Okay, so it's this is the subtitle. It says, "Have you been good, bad, or very, very bad? Is that good Saint Nick coming down the chimney, or someone else?" Ooh. Yikes! Okay, so let's get started on this quiz and see what's going to happen to you. My prediction is that he's going to drag you to hell. But wow, <laughs> yeah. what on earth would make you say something like that? You should see her face right now. She's being so sarcastic because she knows. Hey, okay. I'm telling you, I know you're an angel. Saint, yeah, Saint Nick's got my name at the top of the list. Yeah, I'm sure. If they're in order of who's behaved the the best. For okay. The year. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, so, have you been bad or good this year? Um, your options are bad to the bone, baby. I've been human. I've been pretty good. Or, or those. Are, that's it. Those three. Oh, let's face it. I've been human. <laughs> You've been human. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think most people would answer that because we all got a little good and badness. Um, have you already purchased your Christmas presents? Um, <laughs> the first one is, I'm all about those spiritual gifts. <laughs> the second one is, I'll be making donations to my therapist and all of my family's names. The second one is, of course, that's what Black Friday is for. Say that question again. Have, I have you already all? purchased all your Christmas presents? And so it's either you're about the spiritual gifts, which is like you're not oh, giving anybody yes. anything. Okay. Hey, that's what Black Friday's all about. That's right. Okay. <laughs> of course, that's what Black Friday is for. Okay. Um, of course, you know, I might put the footnote in that. You know, Black Friday can occur in the privacy of your own room where the computer is and you, you're just so comfortable and you're not fighting crowds. That's true. That is true. Um, okay. 
are you going home for Christmas? Bought my ticket home in May. Everywhere I am, I'm home. I'm going home, but I haven't organized anything yet. I bought my ticket in May. Okay, that's smart. Smart, <laughs> smart move. Um, what do you like to do on Christmas Day? Wake up early and race down race down to the tree. There's a then it's a classic Christmas for me. Uh, sleep late, have a luxury breakfast, see some loved ones or whatever I want. Whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, that's a good option. I feel like that's what we should all be allowed to do. Um, pick a Christmas treat. So your options are gingerbread cookies, hot buttered rum, or mince pies. Which I don't think I've ever had a mince pie. Is that like meat? I, I haven't had a... I haven't had a... What was it? A minced pie? Yeah. I think it is. I have never had one, so that's not too appealing. What was the first one? Uh, gingerbread cookies. I, I like gingerbread all right, but I think I'd go for hot buttered rum. Yeah. I would pick that one only because it's on an episode of Frasier. <laughs> it's on okay. the, the ski, yeah. the ski Marty, trip one. Marty's yeah, fixing those He's making hot, the buttered hot buttered rooms. rum. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gay, gee. <laughs> so funny. You haven't watched Frasier. You need to. It's one of the best shows ever. It's so, so funny. Uh, what are you leaving out for Santa? A hot toddy. Milk and cookies, don't mess with a classic, or my credit card bill. Milk and cookies. Milk and cookies. You can't mess with a classic. I would leave my credit card bill, but that's probably why I'm going to be drugged to hell. Uh, Pick a Christmas vacation. So Christmas in NYC for the shopping. Uh, Skiing in a quaint Christmas village or a beach somewhere. A beach somewhere. Yeah, I could have picked that for you. Um, What is your favorite Christmas tradition? I'm all about the Christmas hooch. I love hanging stockings and wrapping presents. Um, I love my traditional Christmas nap. I'm all about the stockings and the wrapping. You're really trying to get not drugged to hell, aren't you? You know, maybe I should be trying to push these things in a certain direction. I I was... Oh, yeah, okay. Some of the time being honest. Okay, yeah, exactly. Okay, and finally, what did you ask Santa for this year? A puppy and hugs for all, naughty magazines and candy, a couple of really practical things. I'm an adult. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to say? Oh, my God. Well, I I probably should say, what was that last one about being an adult? Uh, A couple of really practical things. That's probably what I should say, so I don't embarrass you. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, calculating results. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> what? Krampus is coming. <gasps> no way. <laughs> Krampus is coming to get you. If you quickly repent of your ways, you might avoid your fiery fate. Okay, I'll take the practical gifts. <laughs> there is still some time until Christmas Eve, so it's not too late for your mortal soul. Few good Christmas deeds should set things to rights. Oh, wow, man, such so few days. I guess I better get after it. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So um, let's get started. We're going to be talking about Christmas monsters. Um, let me pull up my outline. I was looking at this quiz, so now I've got to pull up my outline. Okay, um, so pagan history of Christmas. I wanted to talk about that a little bit because a lot of these like have some kind of pagan roots to them, like, like Krampus and stuff like that. But um, so... Christmas, Yule, uh, Yule typically takes place on the winter solstice, December 21st in the Northern Hemisphere and June 21st in the Southern Hemisphere, 
which I thought that was really interesting that it could be, that it's completely six months difference. I mean, I know that that's like how the world works, but it's weird to think about celebrating Yule. Like, I don't know. It's just, even though it's cold at that time, I don't know. Anyway. You're thinking you're celebrating it in the middle of the summer. Which you're not. Yeah. Right. Right. It's just like flipped. It's just weird. It's weird to think about. Um, So at its most basic, from what I gathered, Yule is the celebration of the sun returning after the solstice. So it's like a, it's like a celebration of light. And that is um, very common in a lot of like Yule time holidays that fall in that period of time. Like light is a big, like common theme that's going on. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like you're you're saying goodbye to the old year. Or it's not the new year in the pagan calendar or whatever, but it's like a new, the sun has come back anew kind of a thing. But anyway, um, so Yule has traditionally been a time of great celebration, feasting, and even sacrifice. And there's a reason why there was so much feasting at Yule, and I thought this was, this, this was kind of interesting and a little bit dark. Um, this is from the Huffington Post. Until the 16th century, the winter months were a time of famine in northern Europe. Most cattle were slaughtered so that they wouldn't have to be fed during the winter, making the solstice a time when fresh meat was plentiful. Most celebrations of the winter solstice in Europe involved merriment and feasting. In pre-Christian Scandinavia, the Feast of Yule, or Yule, lasted for 12 days, celebrating the rebirth of the sun and giving rise to the custom of burning a Yule log. It's kind of dark. Like, there's the reason why you got all this food is because yeah, they all be the cattle. Merriment and feasting as long but as not you're not a cows. cow. No wonder Annabelle wanted to be a reindeer. There you go. Oh, Absolutely. my God. Okay, so I told this story to someone just oh the other night. Gosh. But when I was a kid, um, there was this movie that I'm sure some of y'all remember that was called Annabelle's Wish. And it's basically about this little cow that wants really badly to be a reindeer. And I watched this on, I think it was like Christmas Eve or something, like Grandma had bought it for me, and I was watching it on VHS, and or you bought it for me. Okay, so you bought it for me. We're at the farm, and I'm watching it, and I think everyone was asleep, and I finished the movie, and I was bawling, 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 like uncontrollably. She was bawling. Like inconsolable, and I wake everybody up, and I'm like... I, they're like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And I come to them and I tell them that it's this movie and it's upset me. And they're like, why has this upset you? And I'm like, why can Annabelle not just love herself for who she is? She was deep even as a little child. No, I think it was an early sign of mental illness. Oh. But, but that's just, that's just my take, on, my hot take on that. But yeah, I was very disturbed by the fact that Annabelle wanted to be a reindeer and couldn't love herself as a cow. And I was probably projecting my own anxieties as a child. I, I've never gotten over the fact that I bought you a movie that inflicted that kind of pain. I mean, I still remember it to this day, like the way it felt. Oh, wow. But. But anyway, so maybe that's why Annabelle wanted to be a reindeer because she knew that her time on this earth was limited. Hey, like I said, not much merriment in <laughs> if you're a cow. Celebrating yeah. if you're a cow. Yeah. So um, if you ever took Latin, which I did, and I took three years of it in high school, um, you know that the Romans loved a good party, and for them, a good party usually meant lots of drinking and sex and maybe some blood sacrificing. Like that was just a thing. And so they celebrated Saturnalia 
Um, and according to LearnReligions.com, um, few cultures knew how to party like the Romans. Saturnalia, which fell on December 17th, was a festival of general merrymaking and debauchery held around the time of the winter solstice. This week-long party was held in honor of the god Saturn and involved sacrifices, gift-giving, special privileges for slaves, and a lot of feasting. Although this holiday was partly about giving presents, more importantly, it was to honor an agricultural god. A typical Saturnalia, Saturnalia gift might be something like a writing tablet or tool, cups and spoons, clothing items, or food. Citizens decked their halls with boughs of greenery and even hung small tin ornaments on bushes and trees. Bands of naked revelers often roamed the streets singing and carousing, a sort of naughty precursor to today's Christmas caroling tradition. <laughs> Just what I would like to open the front door to. <laughs> a bunch of drunk naked people just like singing to me. Singing to you, like saying, hey, Merry Christmas. Oh. Happy Saturnalia. Yeah, yeah. I want to rethink that part about the magazines. Let's forget that. Yeah. You don't want Krampus to drag <laughs> you down. This doesn't sound no. that fun. Okay. So, um, something that I have heard for a while is that ghost stories are something that used to be shared at Christmas time. That used to be like a tradition that people did was like Christmas Eve, tell some ghost stories, that kind of thing, which I think is an awesome tradition. Um, and the most famous of these you're all familiar with, which is a Christmas Carol. Yeah. Very much a ghost story. Yeah. Charles Dickens. So it's basically Scrooge is like, um, having to meet with the ghost of what is it? Christmas past, present and future. Yes. And his dead friend Marley is like, rattling his chains and it's kind of you know it's basically he's intimidated into sharing his wealth it's what it is like it's he's terrified supernaturally into sharing his wealth so um anyway i also literally just realized today that there is a line in the christmas song most wonderful time of the year that references scary ghost stories what is it it's that it's that line it says scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of christmas as long long ago Wow. I never totally realized that. Just, that just Like, I knew those were the words, the but I didn't associate yeah, it with, it like, telling ghost stories or yeah. anything like that, I, which sounds dumb, but... It didn't really sink yeah. into me. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't connect it with the tradition. Um, so there was an article by Smithsonian Magazine, um, and they were talking about why this time of year is associated with ghost stories. And it says, though to modern eyes, Halloween might make, might be a more appropriate holiday for ghosts. Christmas makes sense. As Dickens wrote, the ghosts of Christmas are really the past, present and future swirling around us in the dead of the year. They're a reminder that we're all haunted all the time by good ghosts and bad, and that they all have something to tell us. I really like that. I really like that too. I, I mean, I think it's true because it's, it is the dead of the year and it's a very high religiosity that's going on during this time of the year, which is like more spiritual than other times. So, I mean, it's, it makes sense that this would be a time to be associated with ghost stories and like, and also scaring yourself onto a path of righteousness, that sort of thing, or at least making children behave. But, um, so anyway, now onto the really fun bit, which is the monsters. And the first place that we're going to talk about was some wild, Christmas monsters is Iceland. So Iceland, this first one might be my favorite of all of these. Um, so this is the Yule cat. Do you know anything about the Yule cat? No, I don't. What about the Yule cat? I don't think I've heard of it before. Okay. So I am not even going to attempt to, uh, pronounce this in Icelandic because I'm sure I will butcher it, but the translation is the Yule cat or the Christmas cat. 
And um, there's a tradition in Iceland that for everyone who has finished all the work they were supposed to do throughout the year, and they've done it on time and all that stuff, like basically been good workers, that on Christmas they will receive new clothes. And if you're lazy and you didn't do all your work, you don't get any new clothes. So, so like, this is where the Yule cat comes in, weirdly. I don't, I don't really know how this works, but, um, the Yule cat is able to recognize whether you are lazy or not by whether or not you received at least one item of clothing for Christmas. So if you didn't get any new clothes and the Yule cat sees that, well, this is, this is where it gets crazy. He's going to eat you. The cat's going to eat you. Okay. <laughs> yes. So this so this cat eats lazy children, basically. Like, or adults. I mean, I guess they could be adults, too. But um, do you think this might have something to do with, to me, this is the way they celebrated Christmas in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean the year. I mean the, the book. book. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it does kind of seem, it seems very like, it is, so, I cannot. If you're not a good little worker. <laughs> yeah, the Yule cat will eat you. <laughs> like, but, but I mean, I, this story to me, like, I cannot imagine like a more extreme way to get children to do what you want them to. I mean, I can, but scaring them to death. (laughs) Yeah. Like it, like, it's just, let's scare these children until they do what they're supposed to. But, um, what you're really saying here is if you don't behave, you're going to pay for it by being eaten eaten by a cat. Yeah. You're going to die. You're going to die. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Which I kind of wondered because a lot of these stories have to do with children getting eaten. And I think that that is kind of interesting because i wonder if that's like a primal fear kind of thing like because i mean it does mean death it does mean death but maybe we tell children you're going to be eaten because it's less like realistic or or it's it's less less realistic realistic than saying you're going to die like you know so that sort of thing um but anyway it's interesting that this is this seems to be a common it's a recurring theme theme with these christmas monsters like it's like if you did not toe the line all year you're going to be eaten like that. That's pretty much the moral of the story of all of these. So um, except for these Not guys, cat. the Yule lads, one. the Yule lads. OK, so the Yule lads and the Yule cat live together in the same house with their mother. Gorilla, I think is how you say it. She's the mother of the Yule lads and she also houses the Yule cat, you know. Um, so the Yule lads were 13 trolls that basically caused mischief and did some bad things to people around Yuletide time. Um, but then when Santa Claus became widely accepted or spread around or whatever, when that became a thing, um, his gift giving kind of bled into the, these trolls and the trolls became less mischievous and more kind so they kind of shifted gears and like um, got absorbed into that legend. Well, sure, they thought if we don't, Santa won't come see us. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> or the Yule cat will eat us. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That, that probably even seemed yeah. like a worse thing. <laughs> so Grilla is the mother of the Yule lads, and even though the Yule lads like seem like um, not that bad, okay, Grilla is their mother, and she she is bad because. She um, predates the lads, and she, according to the legend, and this is, this is a lot of these monsters are taken from mentalfloss.com. They had a really good article about it, um, and this is a direct quote from that. She predates the Yule lads in Icelandic legend as the ogress who kidnaps, cooks, and eats children who don't obey their parents. Wow. And the end. And 
to think that I missed my chance to say to you, if you don't mind me, <laughs> you will be what? Kidnapped, cooked, and eaten? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, oh my gosh. It's almost enough to make me wish I was going to have children. <laughs> like, almost enough. So, um, anyway, uh, she also is said to have about 72 children, all of whom have either done... They've done all sorts of bad stuff, like mischief all the way to murder. No wonder she's in that frame of mind. Yeah, she's just like, I had 72 kids and not a damn one of them turned out all right. (laughs) Um, But there is another Icelandic tradition that I think is really, really cool, and that's the book flood, which I can't say that word either, so I'm not going to say it. But um, So Iceland, I didn't know this, but it is the third most literate country in the world. That is so interesting. One in ten people who are Icelandic will publish a book in their lifetime. That's amazing. That is amazing. That's 10% of the population publishing book. That's crazy. Um, and the one of the only countries that is more literate than them, do you know what it is? No. Norway. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I love so, that. Andreas, if you're listening, you guys are super literate. I'm telling you, yeah. we're inspired. We are. Heidi and crew. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyway, they have a tradition in Iceland um, that this tradition is so big that the book publishers, I don't know if they still do, do this, but they used to send out catalogs to every household in Iceland with all the books that had been published that year at the end of October so that everybody could start preparing for the book flood and they they sell almost like it's some crazy percentage of the amount of books that they sell they sell between the end of uh, the end of october and christmas in iceland oh, it totally makes yeah. sense because yeah. it's like i mean everybody's participating in this and really getting into it and the cool thing about it is um you give the book to the person on christmas eve then people spend the evening reading that book so it's just like a nice evening of reading a book selected for you by a loved one. Like, it's just very nice and cozy. I really, really, I really like it. I really, like that. Yes. So that being said, we're moving right along to the next monster. <laughs> this is not very cozy. So this is Pear. And I think this is really sad that I don't know how to say this because I did take French. Uh, Pear Fouetard, something like that. We're going to refer to him by what his name translates to, which is Father Whipper. <laughs> Whipper? <laughs> yes. Whipper. As in, crack. <laughs> and I'm going to whip your ass. Okay. Like that kind of whipper. Okay. So, um, this is a French legend. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of Father Whipper. <laughs> I have not. I had not either until I looked this up. So, um, another legend where children are getting eaten. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, Father Whipper... Um, is a legend in France, um, and he was a butcher, and he and his wife, like, ran this butchery or whatever, and he liked to eat kids. And so, you know, like you do. Like, I mean, I don't know what what that's about. It just but, goes hand in hand, I right, guess. Right, yeah. So, um, in the legend, he lured three boys to his shop where he murdered them and prepped them for consumption, like, salted them and hung them up to dry and, like, all this kind of stuff. And, I mean, these kids are, like, dead, dead. And St. Nick comes along and resurrects them. Dad, God. Not only does he resurrect them, he gives them candy. There you go. So, but then after he did this, he looks at Father Whipper and he's like, okay, here's the thing. Like, I, you work for me now. Like, he becomes his servant. 
Father Whipper becomes the servant of Santa Claus? Yes. Yeah. So basically, like, Santa goes around and he's got Father Whipper with him. (laughs) He's like, you see that reindeer mess out there? Clean it up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like you go you go and you make you make dinner for the elves. Yeah. Of course that would be kind of dangerous. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Elves are kind of childlike and he'll be cooking and like Yeah, yeah, he could do that. Um but yeah, so I basically like I picture this as like Santa shows up and he's like and Father Whipper is just kind of like behind him, like rubbing his hands together, like just hoping that, you know, somebody's been bad. Because the thing is, um, Santa is still doing his good stuff, but he's made it Father Whipper's job to punish bad kids on Christmas, which I feel like is not that big of a, like, like that's what Father Whipper wants to do. Like, you know. Yeah, is this supposed to be like a punishment, a punishment for him or like just to make Santa's life easier? I think, I think it's I think it's just to make Santa's life easier. So um, this is another French legend, and this one has some Satanism in it connected with Christmas. So this is Hans Trapp, or Trapp, however you say it. Um, so Hans Trapp was a Satanist that the Catholic Church excommunicated. Um, he was reportedly evil and greedy and <laughs> liked to kill children and, okay. shocker, eat them. Eat them. <laughs> yes. I'm so surprised. <laughs> right? Like, this, the, every single one of them. It's weird. So, I think the it Yule Lads are the only ones who haven't been eating kids. But. But their mother did. Right. Yeah. 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 This, it, it's a weird little thing it's going on It's real there. weird. Yeah. So, uh, apparently, like, he would disguise himself as a scarecrow to, like, sneak up on children and then eat them or whatever. Um, But anyway, because of that, he was, like, he was up on his little scarecrow thing and he was going to get this little kid and God struck him dead with a bolt of lightning. So, like, God got involved this time, (laughs) which I don't know. This has got some religious elements to it, like... So, supposedly, God punished him directly with a lightning strike when he preyed upon one boy. So. And that was the end of. I guess so. But, like, because of that and because of the scarecrow thing, they use scarecrows sometimes around Christmas to frighten children. Like, the, every. It's, <laughs> it's just so weird. Like. You know, this, there is this theme of cruelty to children. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of unhealthy obsession with frightening children here. So, um. Now we're going to talk about the big guy, the one y'all came to see, Krampus. I'm interested to hear this. (laughs) Okay. So basically, like, Krampus is like this demonic anti-Santa. So it's like Santa rewards you for being good, but, like, your biggest reward from Krampus, if you're good, is that he does nothing to you. Like, he's just there to punish you if you're bad. Does that make sense? Like, it's Mm -hmm. like Santa's over here giving the gifts and Krampus is... So giving you're the sort of getting a reward for your good behavior in right. the form of gifts and Krampus is going to punish you if you've been if you've been bad. You'd think he wanted you to be bad. Well yeah, he's, I mean because that's punishing. like his thing. Okay. He's punishing you if you've been bad. Yeah, pretty much. And how so, does he punish you? Um so we'll get there. Okay. Um it's not really known how far back Krampus goes, but some think maybe he's pre Christian. Like, before all of this. Um, So, basically, like I said, he's the opposite of Santa. um, And instead of rewarding good behavior, he punishes the bad. Um, He's typically associated with Austria, Germany, and Central Europe. 
And I found this kind of interesting. In the 30s to 50s, Austria actually banned Krampus. Like, there was no Krampus media, no um, celebrations, nothing like that. Because there was there was a, pow- a party in power that was religious. Oh, and they were thinking okay. that this is, like, satanic and bad. And they didn't want Krampus to be around. Like, this is not a pretty part of culture or whatever. Um, and But then in the latter part of the century, he really came back with a vengeance. And people celebrate Krampus knocked like crazy now. I mean, they have parades. You can see them on YouTube where I saw one where um, this guy was like filming and all these Krampus people were like walking down the street and they do pretty like it's very intimidating when they walk up to you because they're like these goat demons that are like 10 feet tall and they're walking up to you. But it's I mean, I can see how a child might be scared or me, how I might be scared. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So December 6th is St. Nicholas Day, which I did not know that. Um, and logically the night before the fifth is Krampus knocked. Um, and the way that this is celebrated is he appears at parades, roams the streets, hands out coal. Um, there are no recent accounts of him eating anyone though. Like, wait a minute. Did I miss that part? I believe he, that in old times, I think he was eating people, but, but now it's like he hands out the coal. Like at it's, the parade, pretty much there's an obsession with. There this. is, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. This is like, this is, yeah, this is how it goes. So, um, Krampus. What what I think is really something that I think is really cool that has been going on in the United States for a while. I'm sure it's going on in other countries too. But um, Christmas haunted houses, because I think people are kind of latching onto this like Krampus thing, and then realizing that there are all these other creepy Christmas folk tales, and they. Well, create haunted houses surrounding the Christmas season. And that, and that idea of telling ghost stories at yeah, that time. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's kind of yeah. uh, celebrating that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. I was talking the other day about going to a haunted house in Texas, but um, the person that I was talking to told me that was too far to go for a haunted house. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I guess you're right. But um, the El Reno Haunted Barn has been posting some stuff on their Facebook um, about doing some kind of like nightmare before Christmas type haunted thing. So you might want to check that out today when you get on Facebook, like look them up, see if they've got anything going on. So um, I'll look that up tomorrow when this goes live and um, see if I can find anything Um, and I'll share it with you guys. But yeah, if you're not done getting your frights in for the year. Just look up some Christmas monsters. I mean, I think it's pretty cool because I never really associated Christmas with anything scary, but it's kind of fun too. It's a little bit fun, the ghost stories. And I the, really love the mm-hmm. ghost story thing. That's just... Lots of kids getting eaten. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Can you imagine telling a kid that? Like, if you don't I mean, straighten up like that cat, that Yule cat, what if your child was terrified of cats forever because of that? I think the worst thing I ever, you know, might have threatened you with was like... Something about, you know, I'll, I'll knock you back into next <laughs> last week. Or yeah, I think that or, probably, you know, yeah. I mean, I didn't say you're going to, to be die. eaten by a cat or some other creature. You're going to be killed. And die, you You're going to be killed by a creature. <laughs> I mean, that's some pretty harsh stuff coming out of parents. That's pretty hardcore. Like, that's, I can't even imagine. I mean. That's right up there with Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Elf on the Shelf. It's creepy. 
Um, I like, I think Elf on the Shelf would be fun to do if you did it the way that some people do where it's like scary stuff. Yeah. Like, I think that might be fun. I've seen some of that. I saw one where it was, I I saw one where the elf was sitting on a cheese grater and he had like his hands tied and like two snowmen were like, like, it was like they were grating him and underneath him was like, uh, marshmallows. (laughs) from his butt or maybe it was the elf on the shelf that was grading the snowman snowman, yeah it was something like that but anyway it was i found that is my kind of humor like i thought that was funny um to each his own yeah i also saw one a lot of fun with it they do have a lot of fun with it there are some pretty cute ones i i thought one of the ones i thought was really funny was that they the parents had um put a cast on the elf and said oh no he broke his leg he's gonna have to stay still for two weeks And there was a note, like, from the elf, and it was like, oh, sorry, I broke my leg. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Those were some tired parents. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, don't blame them at all. Pretty clever. But anyway, so that's about all I've got on Christmas Monsters. This was just a fun little short episode um, for you guys for the holiday season. So, yeah. Um, Got anything you want to say? No, I had a lot of fun. Interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there was a theme. There was definitely a theme. Um, so I'm really excited because last night I showed mom the uh, cover for the next Irioki short. Oh, fun. Yes. Did it look pretty fun? Yes. Yeah. I thought it looked pretty fun. I was really proud of that because I fought with Photoshop for like two hours to make that simple cover happen because I am not a graphic designer. And so I was about to like scream and cry, but then it all came together and I was like, thank God. So, um, and it was super fun and I'm really excited to get started on those again. You guys have expressed some interest in more of those. So, um, that'll be fun. So I'm excited. Looking forward to that. Still working on, um, the young adult horror series. I am getting ready to start the rewrite on the first one. So that's happening. And then I've got my romance novel out there under my pseudonym, which you can, um, you can find if you go to, uh, Amazon, and I think you search within the Kindle store, Dallas Blake, and it should pop up. It's called Gunshy, and uh, it's gotten some really good reviews that made me really, really excited, really happy. So um makes me think that I don't suck as much as I'm afraid that I do. So that's, that's a good thing. But um, anyway, so thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for pulling my chestnuts out of the fire yet again. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Irioki. Facebook is the same, and join the Irioki's Facebook group if you haven't. We're really close to hitting 200 members, so that'll be that'll be fun when that happens. Um, nothing is going to happen when it happens, but it'll just, it's just fun. Like, we're growing, so that's good. So um, that's about all I got. Y'all stay spooky.